This is a podcast for spiritual downloads, star seeds, light workers, and authenticity. Spiritual awareness is advised. Yes, I would absolutely love to be on your podcast. I would absolutely love that. I'm really into podcasts and into conversations and it sounds like the themes that you're talking about are so up my street. And it's interesting because I was actually thinking about that um, concept recently and there's a really good song by, um, by I think it's Absol, um, called, uh, it's called The Law. And one of his lyrics is... Um, God's coming, she's just taking her time, and it's, it's just, it basically is all about the spirituality that Absol follows, and, you know, people do believe there's going to be, like, another messiah of some kind, and maybe he believes that's going to be a woman, but yeah, I would love to be on your show, amazing. Welcome to the 1111 Synchronized Podcast. I'm so, so, so grateful to have you here. And before we go any further, let's all just pause, take a moment, take a deep breath in, and a deep breath out. One more time, a deep breath in, and a deep breath out. So that was just a sample of what is to come next that was just a sample of what is to come that is a preview so i hope you guys enjoyed the appetizer because we are talking about god source the universe so how do i know god is a woman because i am (laughs) all right all right (laughs) So I have a very special guest that will be joining me to talk about this later on, Um, talk about source, talk about feminine energy, talk about just whatever this conversation is going to flow to. So if you have any topic requests or if you'd like to be a feature or collaborate in any way, if you want me to be on your page, you want to jump on mine, please reach out. Let me know how I can support you. Let me know how I can be of assistance. Hit me up on Instagram at AgentK21Podcast for any of those concerns that you may have. You can also reach out on Twitter at AgentK21. Um, Yeah, I'm here to support you guys as best as possible. And, uh, you know, we may be triggered in life, but we have to move through them. The intention is not to trigger. So if you clicked on this episode and you clicked on it solely for the title, um, that's mad respect for you for that. Also, if you guys are aware, I have been putting out videos on YouTube. I've gone back to some of my previously recorded episodes and I've been providing a visual aspect for those who would like that. So I thank you in advance for subscribing and for turning on the bell notification so you can be first to know of them when they are available. So please feel free to share any of these messages, whether it's a YouTube video, um, some music from Mary J. Wanna, just whatever you feel like you want to share please do. Um, you know, I, I communicate with Mary J. Wana's father very often. And if you're wondering, well, who's Mary J. Wana? And who's Mary J. Wana's father? <laughs> it's only the most high, of course. Ba-boom. Shh. 
I mean, come on, come on. That that was I, I did that for myself. So anyway, um, additionally, if you are aware and just a gentle reminder that I do provide donation based counseling for those who are interested in that, uh, especially for those underdeserved populations or maybe if you've done traditional counseling and you don't like the way you were treated or labeling or any of that. I don't use diagnosis. I don't use any of that. Um, it's donation based. It's uh, definitely if you are on the edge of like, I want change. I want help. Listen, we all need help. You know, we all need to talk to someone. I'm very grateful for when I went to go speak with people because I probably would not be where I'm at had I not done so. So there's no shame in it. There's more power to you if you do. So all of those will be in the description if you're interested in that. Please reach out. Let's collaborate. Let's get into it because God is a woman. So if you are wanting to hear the song God is a Woman by Ariana Grande, I encourage you listen to that after this. Why not? Turn up. Listen to it. <laughs> Literally turn it up. I mean, go for it. Um, but this topic is is uh, just to clarify, it is about energy. So before we all get all in our feels and we take it the wrong way, let me just clarify that uh, this is not to conform anyone's beliefs or change anyone's beliefs or to uh, denounce anyone's religious opinions or anything like that. This is solely to talk about downloaded information, to talk about a different perspective, a different way of viewing source consciousness. Because we, we understand the narrative of masculine energy as God, as father. But what about as mother? What about the other side, right? We give a lot of attention to one perspective, to one narrative. And so this is about energy. It's not about biology. It's not about gender. It's not about any of that. So I would recommend uh, some prerequisite courses, <laughs> some prerequisite episodes to check out if you already feel alarmed, triggered, however, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the world at the current moment. And we know that blame, separation, war, division, it's all because of fear. All of it happens because of fear. And for a long time, there's been fear of the unknown. There's been fear of feminine energy. There's fear of recognizing that God is a woman, you know, so we really want to talk about that. Why is that? Why is that such a scary thought? that God is a woman? Why? What What comes up for you when you hear that? What resistance do you feel? So uh, just, I would recommend pausing this, checking out the episodes uh, or the podcast recordings I have. One is called God Source the Universe. I'd recommend checking that out. Um, <clears throat> I'd also recommend checking out the episode titled I Am. Um, the episode titled... Uh, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let me think. Um, I believe I titled it The Law of Gender. Uh, it is a universal principle. I would recommend you check that out. It is not about biology. Again, it is about energy. Um, and then for those who have uh, questionable relationships or traumatic experiences with relating to feminine energy or relating to motherhood or mothers in general, I did an episode titled Mother for Mother's Day uh, last year, I want to say. So I would check those out just to kind of get you in the mental headspace for what's 
what's happening now. Um, and please, you know, stay tuned for the special guests that I'm talking to later. It's, it's really powerful, powerful uh, messages. Um, so, you know, I definitely appreciate you guys for, for being here, for showing up for yourself first and foremost and um, for everyone else. So it is also a full moon tonight. Uh, very powerful second full moon in Aquarius happening tonight. And, uh, you know, Aquarius energy is all about bringing in that new, bringing in that new way of being, being innovative, being creative, being um, just open in a sense. Um, I'm thinking to myself is Aquarius a yin sign or a yang sign so now i have to go to my trusted friend google and see is aquarius first thing that pops is, is aquarius a water sign no it is not very confusing though it is actually an air sign air signs deal with the mental body deal with your thought process so Aquarius is helping you think new thoughts, think innovative, uh, creative ways. Is Aquarius yin or yang? Let's find out. And if you're not familiar with yin or yang, we're definitely going to talk about that. Um, oh, yeah. Duh. The yang are the fire and air signs. So Aquarius is a yang sign. Interesting. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So honestly, the, the funny thing is that this concept of God as a woman, I really, I made a reference to it on the previous episode. You can check that out if you like. It's called Freestyle with Cam Tripp. Uh, I did a, had a special guest, Cam Tripp, on that one. And uh, if you want to check that out, you can. Um, but I, I had mentioned it and I started thinking, I was really like thinking this whole week, like, man, what am I going to talk about? Like, do I want to talk about this? Do I want to talk about that? Or, oh, I'm, I need responses for this and I don't know about that yet. So if you have questions, I do have some topics upcoming, uh, questions about crystal healing, about sound healing, or uh, trauma bonding. That is another upcoming episode. So if you have any questions that you want me to answer, or if I have a guest that you would like for them to answer, please submit those as well. Um, but I was thinking about it, like, what am I going to record this week? And I thought, I recently said God is a woman. Let's dive into that. Like, we say it as a cliche or as a cute, catchy thing. And people can really get offended by that thought. So I thought, okay, why is that, why is that such an offensive thing? You know, who is it benefiting to not think about God as a woman? So let's dive into it. And I started thinking about the principles of the yin and yang. So if you're not familiar, the yin-yang sign is actually a balanced energy uh, from uh, the Eastern culture. And uh, basically yin energy is feminine energy and yang energy is masculine energy. And so when you start looking at the characteristic traits of yin, I started thinking like, that actually sounds a lot like uh, source. That sounds a lot like the universe, like... I started thinking about that, like, what, like, why do we not honor that? Why do we not honor that? Um, and so I want to list some of those yin qualities and connect it back to how it connects to source, God, universe, however you call it. Again, this is not about religion. This is not about 
what you choose to, what, what pronouns you use for the same thing. We're talking about energy, you know, and um, at the end of the day, God's source, the universe is love. That is the ultimate energy. Now it can represent itself in divinity different ways as we all reflect that same light to each other. But there's very little uh, language used for considering God the mother. There's very little language for that. There's a lot of repression and suppression around it. Uh, so just to get us all on the same page, let's talk about what yin energy actually is. So yin energy is reaction, yielding, insubstantial, stillness, contracting, absorbing, retreating, defending, hiding, following, dark, female, night, cold, soft, pull, listening, asking questions, building rapport, non-directive, personal development, earth, moon, night, winter, woman, cold, and interior, inwardness, downwardness, passive, fluid, and temp temperature, okay? Um, so just think about that. Just think about that. What about that comes up for you? When we think about the stillness, the stillness that the divine provides, the nurture that the divine provides, we may not associate it with feminine energy. You know, we, feminine energy has been abused and misused for so long that I. Uh, There's a, there's a subtle rejection of it. Whether you're born male or female, there's a rejection of feminine energy. It's seen as weak to be emotional. It's seen as weak to cry, to be vulnerable. Those attributes are not accepted in certain societies and certain cultures, in many cultures. You know, I, had, I, had, I had, was attempting to start a band at one point, an all-female band. And one of the songs we were going to sing was, uh, or perform, I should say. One of the songs we were going to perform was It's a Man's World by James Brown. Now, most people just hear that first line, it's a man's world. And you just, we are so programmed to just believe that and to just kind of be subservient to that thought process that it diminishes uh, anything female, anything that is not masculine. And uh, we don't really stick around for the second line. He says, it's a man's world, but it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. And everyone who is born, everyone who is living had to be birthed through a woman. And I don't feel like there's much honor or respect for that. No one has entered this world without first being birthed through the feminine energy. And yes, there's co-creation. And I feel like that's where people get really hung up and get really insecure is when uh, 
they feel that threat of being removed from the equation. One thing I was noticing is that, um, you know, I, I was noticing just certain patterns of whatever the fear is of the dominant party or the uh, majority rule, whatever the fear is, they always push it onto the um, the other, the fear of other, right? And I was just thinking, you know, like, when you look back, you know, years ago, where there was oppression and slavery, and you have these, and of course we have, you know, things coming up again to the surface, but you have these uh, people who were f- afraid of being oppressed did the oppressing. People who are afraid of um, just anything, you know, people who have a fear of rejection often reject first. People who have a fear of being manipulated often are manipulative. And I was just realizing it's always seems to be this because uh, everything is a walking mirror. So it's like this push pull of things that were feared. So what I was thinking was, you know, um, and I spoke briefly on this in the episode titled Divine Masculine. I spoke briefly on it is that I feel that the masculine energy or those who are born biologically male, there's a fear of exposure and there's a fear of domination. And so because that fear is there, the fear of exposure, you know, it's it's the same example I gave of like men don't want to be exposed uh, physically or otherwise emotionally or anything. So it's pushed upon the female to be exposed you know, it's pushed upon the female to have body exposure and, you know, all types of exposure, emotional and any type of way you can think. And there's also the fear of being dominated. So you get into these dynamics where, you know, there's this fear of being, uh, having, feeling like what's masculine is to be dominant. And feeling like, in in a sense, it is. But when it becomes a fear, it becomes distorted. And when it becomes distorted, it becomes abused. And so, uh, for those who subscribe more to a religious uh, aspect, um, you know, a lot of religious undertones have been used to control and used to scrutinize, especially feminine energy. And so this thought of God as a woman... It's almost seen as blasphemous. You know, I'll I'll never forget this. Um, I feel like I spoke on this at one point. I'm not sure when, but i never forget this. When I was many, many, many moons and years ago, (laughs) when I was at a church, um, my pastor got so upset. This was like the first time God as a woman, like, was even being spoken of, at least publicly. And my pastor got so upset about it. And I was like, whoa, like what is happening here? And he was like, y'all making God a homosexual. I'm like, dude, what? (laughs) And um, I realized there's an insecurity. You know, there is an insecurity that I've recognized. And 
again, it's not everyone, but there can be an insecurity um, for those who are not secure within their own masculine nature or within their own manhood. There can be an insecurity of feeling replaced. And uh, you'll hear comments like, you know, guys saying, you, you hear, you'll see those guys and it, it's probably no one listening here. And if they were, they probably already clicked off. But those guys who get so offended when they see two women together or when women say comments like, I can do everything a man can do. And they get really defensive about it. They don't encourage, yeah, girl, do your thing. They don't encourage it. They get really angry and insecure and go, well, can you do this? And can you do that? And, you know, you you know, it becomes this like, again, the blame and the, the fear and the shame and all of that. It only creates more division and separation. What we are moving towards is encouraging and empowering each other. And um, I kind of forget that there are so many people that still resonate in that energy. And it's, it's a deficiency in self-love, you know, and that's where it all comes back to. But uh, religion has really been used to control the masses. Uh, most religions do um, affirm, you know, God as a male. And that's wonderful because that is true as well. Again, this is not to uh, dismiss that. That is very true uh, because we are both, we are in both consciousness. And um, however, there's a rejection to the feminine energy. It's like we can hold space for this narrative, but not for this one. And so um, I kind of just thought about it like, what's what's wrong with that concept? Like who first told you that what God was or wasn't and why? What did they benefit from it? You know, and um, for many years, um, women have been suppressed and disempowered from their true nature, you know. And um, we're moving into a space now. I just came from an event and many events really where women businesses are blooming. I mean, incredible, incredible because that control, that regime of control is really lessening because it's like there's so much power in feminine energy. It's like it's uncontrollable. And that's what becomes scary about it. Because when you look at masculine energy, you look at yang energy, it's about control, direction, action. Feminine energy is wild, it's unattainable. It's like, you know, again, the yin energy is represented by fire and air. Yang, I mean, I said that wrong. Yang energy is represented by that. Yin energy is represented by water and earth. Water is fluid. You, you, you cannot like throw a dart in the water and like you know it's, it's always moving it's always evasive it's always uh just in and out kind of and um I have to think more about that one <laughs> and then for the earth it's like again it's about birth like everything we need the earth provides for us so uh divine feminine energy is a provider as well but it has been so conscrewed because we've been taught to become more rigid, you know. I'm trying to remember, there was some story I read about, maybe it wasn't a story, I don't remember exactly what it was, a woman who had hardened herself and she became more masculine in appearance because she had thought that was the only way she could survive, you know. It comes down to survival. 
uh, women have been so objectified and abused that in order to survive, you know, even this polarity shift that has happened is out of survival, even though it is good or it's having beneficial results, it's still happening out of birth and out of imbalance. And so um, I'm not here to prove that God is a woman. I'm here to remind you of what you already know, that God is just as much a woman as a man, as anything, because God is not, God's source is not uh, biology. God is love. So if you love, you are representing that energy. Anytime you show love, anytime you show compassion, Anytime you raise your frequency, you are operating out of that energy. Does not matter what religion, does not matter what you believe, does not matter any of that stuff. Because it's not it's not based on that. It's really not. And so um, I definitely was, was thinking about it like, why has this been so... Um, so threatening to think of, to really conceptualize, you know? And um, I know God is a woman because I am. <laughs> That's all I got to say. So I hope that you guys will stay tuned and listen to the rest of this conversation because uh, something major is happening. Something incredible is happening. And I believe those Amazon <laughs> women are here. I know because there is such power. And for the men who actually embody their feminine energy, they become so much more powerful. So much more powerful, incredibly powerful. So what we have been taught to think is weak is actually strength. And what we've been taught to think was strength is actually ego. <laughs> so um, I do hope that everyone is well and that you will continue to dialogue in this conversation to really ask yourself, what resistance came up for you? What thoughts, what limiting beliefs do we need to release around this concept? Why is this such a negative thing to think? And just think on that. So I'm here for you guys. Want to reach out, connect, any way I can assist. That's what I'm here for. Until then, stay safe, be well. Until next time. Welcome back, everyone, to the 1111 podcast. Thank you guys for staying. Thank you for joining. Have a very special guest. And in, as always, I'm going to let your energy introduce yourself. So please share anything you would like us to know about you. So I'm Mika Sami, and um, I'm 21. And last year I had a Kundalini awakening experience. And my whole life I had um, a connection to the spirit world and to energy, but I was always accessing these worlds. Mm, for most of it, I was accessing it in, in a fear space. And then after my Kundalini awakening, I was all of a sudden thrown onto my path. So this happened last year. And from then I've just began to do the work that I feel is completely aligned with my soul's calling. And so now I do channeling, energy healing. I'm also a meditation guide and a yoga instructor. And at these times of incredible great change, I feel so grateful that the Mika version of Source has chosen to wake up and it's now. 
in in this heightened state i'm just i'm so excited it's amazing and i feel i feel just to, especially today very very aligned so so happy to be sharing the space with you to chat because there's just that the word alignment is really fitting with my my narrative today 100 percent. yes absolutely and i think it broke up a little bit but i think we caught the gist of what you were saying so definitely it is an alignment and i'm so appreciative to have you here and just so grateful for our connection as it is increasing and um you know, as you said, just today, you know, there is also a full moon in Aquarius. So how are you feeling this energy? What are your thoughts about it? Um, well, Aquarius is all about um, not following the rules and starting something new and innovating. And I woke up this morning and the last two mornings, actually, and I know that the energy of moon cycles can kind of bleed into the days before and after. And I wake up and I usually have a, a very grounding, amazing routine that I do. And I change it within that routine, but it doesn't change too much in terms of sequence. And these past two mornings, I've woken up with the need to just shake and move and really bring my energy in. And as I've done that, I felt so appreciative of the ability to move energy. And so I think that the past two days, I've just felt this kind of buzzing yet grounded sense of ecstasy and um, appreciation of myself like I really noticed that or just just forgiven every moment where I thought I wasn't in alignment and I realized oh I'm if that doesn't work out it's because it wasn't in alignment and if this doesn't work out it wasn't for me and I think that the past week before that I've been spending the whole week trying to control my circumstances and forgetting to just trust yeah and, and the thing is with innovation and with stepping into a world that you don't know, like the age of Aquarius, being an innovator, that is choosing to be in the uncomfortable and still sit in trust. And Tony Robbins says, it's really easy to be in a beautiful state when things are easy around you. If you're sitting on a beach and all you have to do is, you know, get in the ocean and come out. For some people that's hard to relax, it's hard to relax there. But if that's your life constantly and there's no stress, it's easy to be, trusting and relaxed and steady but I feel like right now I can see that I'm holding this field of peace amidst all the chaos and I'm just like yes 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 this is the energy that we need just to, yeah. to be safe and feel safe and comfortable and comforted with ourselves amidst what's happening around us yes exactly I agree with that and um yeah, it's definitely about learning the rules to break the rules and to be kind of a rebel, you know, and to uh, rebel against limited beliefs and limited systems that have kept us bound in our in a way. Yeah. So we're freeing ourselves from those restrictions, getting out of our comfort zone, expanding. Yeah. And um, you mentioned having a Kundalini awakening. Yeah. Can you tell us what Kundalini is and how that uh, process was for you? What actually activated you? Yeah. So Kundalini is an energy that you can feel when you do certain exercises. And what the yogic philosophy says Kundalini energy is, is the energy that creates within us. So it's the life force energy. And obviously there's the prana, which we breathe in, but Kundalini exists within us and we have the ability to activate it at will. But we have knots along our spinal column, which is also our, our central energy column. And these knots are called granthies. And for most of us, they're blocked and they can be blocked either because we are attached 
too much to things or because it's a protection method from having spontaneous kundalini rising and kundalini actually means coiled snake and so the way we can um, envision it is two coiled snakes the base of our spine that are sleeping and we can bring that up with meditation and with um, breath work and you can feel this energy when you do the exercises and you know whether you can see it or not you can feel somatically when you begin to do these breath works that there's something moving around you and that's your kundalini energy and um and it's really interesting there's actually so if you do exercises to bring your kundalini up that's also an exercise which activates your pineal gland because as you're bringing kundalini up you're bringing it up to the head and the kundalini energy is actually known as the feminine principle shakti and then the crown where it's bringing it up to is the shiva energy and when we unite unite those two then you get a kundalini experience and what's really interesting about activating your pineal gland is that when you begin to activate it you begin to basically it's like a radio that begins to turn on and you actually are able when you turn that radio on to connect to the quantum field and the reason why that makes you feel so good like after having doing kundalini wet breath work or having an awakening the reason you feel so serene is because the the closer you get to the quantum world the more order there is you know that it's programmed there it's basically a world of principles so the closer you get to that that level of order when your pineal gland is able to pick up information from the quantum field the more order and so the more peace you will feel throughout your body and my kundalini awakening experience it's so interesting i'd heard about kundalini and about awakening but i didn't really know what kundalini awakening was and then um i was having a healing done on me and just before the healing i was given a card and the card told me i was having a reading done and the last card that i read i didn't even get through the rest of the reading the last card i read they told me you're going to have a really massive experience it's going to change your life and i said i actually felt ready for it i just thought i hope i'm in the right place mm-hmm. i don't want to be in the street and that happens right. you know? i want to be in good hands yeah and then then uh Hila came over and she saw my cards and she was very blunt about things and she said to me so why do you need to be in control because she saw the control card and i said because i don't feel like i trust anyone else to do it for me so she said so you don't trust anyone or you don't trust people and i went, i guess i don't i don't i don't feel like i do and so she said would you like to remove that programming and i was like yeah of course i do why not and um <laughs> then um and then she lay me down the grass started saying some words doing theta healing and all of a sudden my body just started to vibrate really 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 intensely and and then that was and then i just felt like there was voltage coming through me and i was really lit up almost on fire you know every cell inside of me there was just electricity and um and so she obviously could see okay this is more than just a normal healing and she knew what to do and thankfully she was also with a man who she was working with who was a body worker so they were both doing work on me as i was having this intense experience and um and then they removed some stuff from my body and then i calmed down and i felt myself reliving my birth it was like everything narrowed and i went through a funnel and i came out 
And then I landed and I realized I was on the grass and the grass felt like a man's chest. And then as, and it's funny cause they, they had a bow on my back as this was happening. I don't know what the sequence was, but I think I must've just ended up on my front and they had a gong on me and they were going Om Shanti, Shanti Om. And then this pain came to me and I realized my first ever held love was from my dad because my mum wasn't um wasn't she wasn't awake when I was born and also in general I think that throughout the early years of my life after my sister was born I was very very close to my dad and I realized that the nurture that I got and at the very early stages of my life which my body remembers was male and so as I as they said the om shanti om I just had my hands on the earth and it, it turned into a man's hairy chest kind of thing. And I just cried. And I was like, my, and I was saying, I was speaking in Hebrew and I was saying Abba, which means dad in Hebrew. And I just felt, wow, I need to reconnect with my dad. And I feel so bad that we have lost touch over the years. Not that, and that year we'd actually really, you know, repaired our relationship, but I just felt a deep wound there. But it was amazing. And then after that, after re-experiencing my birth, I just lie down on the ground for as long as I could, staying as streamlined as I could, doing multiple different prayers. I was doing Sanskrit prayers, the Muslim call to prayer, just basically keeping myself as streamlined as possible, just trying to basically act as an antenna because I felt like something was being downloaded from source. Yeah. I just needed to stay as streamlined as possible for it. And then eventually I went to the forest and my friend came over to see me and we just burst into laughter. And I was like, I, I don't know what just happened, but yeah. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. Wow. That's so powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Just even just hearing it, I'm like, whoa, like I can, I can feel it, you know? And um, yeah, I'm so grateful that you were open to it and allowed yourself to be a receptor for that moment to happen through yeah. you, you know? And so you know, as we're um, kind of in this space of innovating and looking at things differently and, like you said, kind of challenging those beliefs of, like, getting into trust, getting into things that might have been holding us back. Um, one thing has been, you know, and you even mentioned being, having that male energy as a, as a force for you growing up, um, you know, so it, it's like shifting to understanding how can source be presented as a feminine energy because yeah. it's often been narrated as a masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And so um, just, do you feel any resistance when you think about God as a woman or what is your concept of God, universe source? What, what mm -hmm. are your beliefs about it? Mm. So um, it's such a vast question, but source to me is everything and nothing at the same time. But it's almost like that reality of of um, layered existence where source is everything. There are layers that are closer to source and then not less close, but, you know, it's like after, like we, we are all fractals of source, like source was one thing and then we broke off like little diamonds going in their own way. And when we talk about the Shiva and Shakti energy, that's it, like a, it's like a diamond at the very beginning of the fraction. But where we are is like, you know, really far out but obviously we're still connected to source it's just like we're like very very far down the sort of ancestry even though obviously it's it's different from ancestry but um 
so so to me a yeah, source source and god are the same thing it's an omnipresent we are god everything is source. Mm-hmm. but when we talk about um different principles of um understanding how that energy works how energy works then we start breaking it down into like the the divisions and obviously as humans we see the world in duality and we can't conceive of anything higher than duality and I, we just need to realize that's that's the condition that we're here under and actually allows us to experience emotion. Um, and that's the beauty of the human experience is the intensity of emotion and the love that we can feel. And I mean, when I channel higher light beings, I feel love, but it's different. It's really, it's like all encompassing in a very different way to human love. So it's it's hard to explain, but yeah. So I definitely, I feel like, relating to source as a woman is something to deal with because even when I think of source I think of this omnipresent kind of androgynous but on the male side of things mm-hmm. and I think it's because you know it's like they say that um depending on the culture that you're from or from or the situation you're in you will project your version of God onto them so for instance Jesus probably wasn't white but he's p- depicted as white absolutely everywhere and it's because we have we live in a society where we're comfortable seeing ourselves so we will and we if we want to worship someone we'll worship ourselves and it's funny because obviously I don't identify as a man but I guess that thing about me feeling as though my nurture came obviously my my mum nurtured me and I, I was a very happy baby that you know got mother motherly energy for a long time but when it comes to my early childhood the fact that the male aspect of my or the male figure in my life was my nurture I think it means I feel safer understanding source to be a man Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is and I definitely go to source for feelings of reassurance and safety and also for gratitude as well but really when I'm connecting to source it's for help and for for co-creation through something that is you know beyond what I feel I can do myself Mm -hmm. and in that space I always feel like it's a grandfatherly energy that I'm trying to connect to yeah yeah that makes sense and I feel like um like you said just kind of the narrative in our culture depict things a certain way and also our our early upbringing you know wherever we have more of the um because sometimes we can look at our parents in that in that God figure, especially as children. Mm. And so it's like whoever we can have that emotional attachment with, that can become the view of how we see it. And because, yeah. like you said, source is all encompassing. It's both. It's not either or, it's and both. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's important to have, because I feel like that can help heal the uh, wounded feminine energy is mm. conceptualizing what ways is source uh, feminine energy, yeah. you know? Because we hear the narrative very often of the masculine energy, the action-oriented, the protector. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. about the nurture? What about the mystery? What about the softness, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And depending on our different wounding, it can be harder to connect to certain aspects of that. But I feel like integrating into the whole, like you said, just all these fragments, we're trying to integrate and become whole yeah. Um, to give attention to the other side, you know, because we can recognize conceptually that God is everywhere, sources in everyone, 
but then it's like we have these different layers mm. that we can have as um, sometimes as blindfolds or sometimes as a veil where we only see things through a certain aspect. Mm. Um, and so I want to ask how how was uh, feminine energy or just womanhood brought up for you culturally and societally? Yeah. So my mom is a very young character. I think that th she finds her safety and her purpose in doing. And so the way that I've been socialized is you are achieve you are worthy when you do and when you achieve and I don't think it's just from her because my parents actually aren't very big into praising which actually I think makes me want it more mm -hmm. but at the same time in school I always did very well in mainstream education so I was always getting praised for what I would what I could do and um it's amazing I'm reading a book right now and it's really beautiful just some some the parts where he mentions his child and the book's called Positive Intelligence and it's about it's it's more of a neuroscientific view on um, on negative thought forms. Mm -hmm. So what I see as shadows, he calls saboteurs. Mm -hmm. And um, but it's interesting because there's so much there that's right for the picking when it comes to trying to understand how negative thought forms work and dictate your vision or your view of people and yourself. And he says similar to what I say about shadows and what other people say about shadows, which is that you call them in as children because you need them. You need them for safety, yeah. for protection. And the thing about me as, a, as an achiever, apparently according to the quiz that you can do on the saboteur website, my top saboteur is a hyper, hyper achiever. And that comes from receiving praise and receiving um, recognition for what you do. And so it's really beautiful in the book. Um, the man describes tickling his child and it's almost a form of conditioning where the boy is laughing and he's saying, how, why do I love you? The dad's saying, why do I love you? Why do I love you? And um, the boy is saying, oh, I don't know, daddy, I don't know. And eventually um, he's like, do I love you because you do well in school? And he was like, no, he's like, do I love you because you, um, because you were kind to someone? And he's like, no. And it's like, why do I love you? Why do I love you? And the boy goes, because I'm me, daddy. Mm, and I it's love it. so beautiful. Yes. He knows that this child, no matter what, because we have to survive in duality, you're going to call in these saboteurs to protect you and to try mm. and discern. Like, for instance, the top saboteur that he says is judgment or judge. Because yeah. you need to be able to discern between something dangerous or something safe in order to survive as a vulnerable person in the world but when you grow up so when you become an adult and there isn't a direct threat to your life they become outdated mm. and so the fact that even though he knows his child is going to be struggling with saboteurs the fact that he is still telling him you are worthy just because you exist and there's nothing else you need to prove to me exactly it's so beautiful and I and it's to, to no one's fault. It's just something I was never exposed to because I was always good at achieving. And so that's how I got my sense of worth. Yeah. And so it was never just for being. And I do see that that is part of the distinction between the masculine principle and the feminine principle mm -hmm. action and, and being. Yeah, exactly. 
it's like uh, we're human beings, not humans doing. Yeah. <laughs> I said that in my most recent live because I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I definitely appreciate that story because it's about unconditional love, you know, because at the end of the day, source is love. That is yeah. the most fundamental thing. And it's not based on what we do or what we will do. It's based on simply just who we are. We're innately worthy always. Mm. And um, I feel like that our society has kind of molded us in that way. You know, I was at work the other day and they're like, oh, we got to get our numbers and our productivity. And I'm like, no. Nah. Like that's you guys can worry <laughs> about that. I'm not, you know. Yeah, and it creates yeah. the, it can create this stress and this pressure and this conditional way of being mm -hmm. instead of just being accepted and loved for who we are. We yeah. have to prove and do and all of these things. But no, whether yeah. you do anything or not, you're still worthy of love and you're still exactly. receptible of that. Um, exactly. But you mentioned something earlier uh, about um, God returning in the form of feminine are returning as a female and I wanted to know more about what you meant by that so did I say that today or oh uh, this was like our initial uh contact <laughs> where yes. you mentioned this yeah yeah so that was the song that Absol um created mm -hmm. and it's called love is law yeah. and it's such a great song and Absol is actually very uh spiritual and open-minded and he literally says in that song we treat the eye of Horus like it's just a symbol. Mm -hmm. And the eye of Horus, actually, if you cut the brain in half um, and look at the, at the inside of the brain, it looks exactly like the eye of Horus, the pineal gland, the way it's attached to the rest of the brain. And um, he says in that song, God's coming, she's just taking her time. She, mm -hmm. coming, she's just taking her time. And... Um, and it is about, I mean, he's basically saying the the next potential incarnation of a, a, a being that holds a lot of light to transform the earth, it will be female. And, you know, we haven't had someone like that pretty much since, you know, the early, um, the early, cent like 500 BC or whatever, I, I don't know. We haven't had any prophets. And... Prophets did exist. They're these beings who incarnate to transform the system. And we are seeing everywhere around us, whether people want to believe it or not, there is a rise of the feminine. Where I live right now, if I was here 400 years ago doing this stuff, I would have been burnt as a witch. Yeah. It's completely changing. The fact that we can have these conversations openly and not get persecuted it's just a sign that this magic which is associated with the feminine because it's almost like the feminine were had to become these like gnostic um, keepers of wisdom that was secretive and underground because it was it was dangerous but actually it's because it gave you personal power and mm -hmm. the power was taken out of the authority and that's why it's dangerous because the authority will fall down if the people have power yeah and we can see that you know people are afraid of censorship but the thing is is that there's so much content online that at this point it's impossible to fully censor anyone and I mean the, I, I think we also forget when we're on the internet just how vast the world is you know there's this thing called time space compression where we think of time and space as smaller because of how we see the world through our screens mm -hmm. and 
technology, but actually the world is vast. And we can see without a doubt that women's voices are being heard on the earth in a way that it hasn't for at least a thousand years. You know, it's happening. And, and so what, you know, it's almost like in order to have that, that being of light incarnate on earth to reform, there needs to be women's spaces to lead. And I can see around me that that is being created without a single doubt in my body. (laughs) Yes, exactly. The future is female. The future is female. And, um, you know, that's why I definitely am just so honored to have you as the guest because of all the work you're doing for women. And I definitely want to give you a time to share where we can reach you and everything. But um, with that understanding that the divine feminine is on the rise now mm-hmm. and that, you know, what has been suppressed is now being able to be received by the masses, really. And, and like I said, the future is females leading the way. How mm-hmm. do you feel like your relationship with source could be affected or changed or even challenged by viewing source in a more feminine energy? Mm. Yeah, well, I guess the thing is, is I actually would like to just have source as androgynous, you know, and beyond the concept of male and female for me, which is kind of inconceivable because of the way that I experience my own life you know, I've never, I've never really understood, um, because, because androgyny is almost going beyond duality, and I find it hard to conceive of, because I feel limited in that way, but I do feel like the way that I connect with source, it it can be in many ways, like, for instance, you know, you can connect to goddesses and gods, and that's not necessarily source, but it's, it's sort of uh, an expression of the divine principle, and I feel like it's already being challenged within me in the practices that I do myself. So I'm really, I really resonate with uh, the Hindu gods and goddesses and Sanskrit. And this morning, actually, so this is what I'm saying about innovation, changing up my routine. I don't usually do mantra chanting in the morning, but I, I, my drum was there and I was like, oh, I really feel like it. And I started and honestly, it was so powerful. And I did two, I did two mantras and it was just moving around so much energy in my body and it was amazing. And so the first Hindu, we say, you know, Hindu deity that I connected with in my life was Shiva. From a very young age, I would chant Nam- Om Namah Shivaya without really knowing what it meant, but it felt very grounding and very, you know, strong. And then la- from last year, I did start to get interested in goddess worship through time, as well as the Hindu goddesses um that I can also relate to and try and use that energy with and I learned about Kali and about Vajra Yogini who's actually the essence of the Buddha in a woman in a female form and I actually have a picture of Vajra Yogini up there oh yeah she's red and she's a bit like Kali she's got loads of skull necklaces and she's standing on top of uh, people who are lying down mm-hmm. and as I began to do these circles where I would um honor the divine feminine principle I started to learn a lot about these goddesses and I realized how fierce those goddesses are and so when I really really need protection I don't call in Shiva I'm calling Kali 
and I'm just imagining her with her sword just <laughs> literally protecting my space like you know some nights I just don't feel right and I'm just doing the Kali mantra in my head and I fall asleep sound asleep with the Kali mantra because she is the remover of negativity and obstacles yet she is the divine mother and so she's got the nurturing aspect of um of a mother but she's also got this fierce fiery power that I never associated with women before last year because I was almost afraid of I, I just I never it, it, I think it's part of conditioning like I I never um felt like I was very powerful as a woman or you know I actually never really related to my female identity I always felt more androgynous in that sense I never really felt like I could own my female identity but it's because I never felt like that identity was making me feel empowered mm -hmm. so when it came to connecting spirituality I was like I'll go to Shiva and the idea of source is very man because that's power and that's strength and then when I had my Kundalini awakening and I began to connect to my own power and I started learning about these goddesses I thought I realized these are such powerful energies to call on they are empowered women energies that are are going to make me feel strong and make me feel like I can be a woman and I can have these qualities that I always thought were male mm -hmm. you know fierce protective you know all of this stuff I was like this is this is female as well yeah and so I definitely feel like I already feel like my my idea of the way I connect to source and divinity is being challenged and it's making me feel more like I can own my female identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's about incorporating all that we encompass, you know, because again, uh, there has been such disempowerment and such negative narrative of, just being female, just feminine energy in general, you know, and so it's about reclaiming what has already always been there, what already has always been, um, and it's it's more about the energy, recognizing that male and female both carry masculine and feminine energy, and housing that, you know, it is because we are androgynous beings. We come from the source, and then we were broken down from that source. And then as we awaken, we have to go through initiation process to re regain where we come from because mm. we're all just going back to that source. We're all drawn back to the light. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it's all about integrating it. Um, but you mentioned a book that you're reading. I wanted to know if you had any other resources and if you could uh, share the name of the book and if you know the author as well um, and any other resources for anyone Anything that's helped you on your journey that you think would be beneficial to others? Yeah. So um, the book I was reading is called Positive Intelligence. And it's by Shahzad. I don't know his last name. Um, but Positive Intelligence. If you look at Positive Intelligence and the Saboteurs, you'll get the whole book. And that gives you an overview of his idea of negative thought patterns and how to break out of them. And a more, a more spiritual, a spiritual way of looking at it would be looking at thought forms as energies or entities. And there's a book, and I read some of it. I didn't read the whole thing, but I read most of it. Um, and it's got quite a, it's got quite an unsavory title, but you know, it's it's got a lot of information. And it's called Entity Possession. 
but it's a really good book. It's got a lot of information. It talks a lot about um, how ancient, um, how Taoism views these energies and how Hinduism looks at these energies and basically just looking at how these ideas of negative thought forms or negative disembodied energies have been around for centuries. And um, so that's by Carl Sagan. Um, another good book that's helped me on my journey. Um, I read so many things here and there. It's it's quite difficult to recall them all to mind. And I guess the reason I'm thinking about those is because it's related to shadow work, which is um, it's something I'm very interested in. And I do shadow work and I do a lot on myself. Mm -hmm. um, Mm. and you know I think I think as we talk I'm sure more will come up I, I guess yeah yeah that's fine if you think of anything you can always send it to me later and I'll add it at some point um yes. please please tell us where we can contact you how we can get a hold of you some of the things you are doing anything you got upcoming please just tell us how we can connect with you yeah so I have an Instagram called manifest with Mika and you know I've been going back and forth about the name because I'm not doing I'm not doing courses or anything in manifestation but the reason I decided to call it that and the reason why it's stuck for now is because I so the work I, I'm doing is to clear your energy and to empower you through energetic sovereignty which can come in the form of doing shadow work which is where I go in so I I, I mean, I'm, this is the thing at the moment, I'm at the beginning, but there are many ways I can describe the work I'm doing. But basically, I'm a channel, first and foremost, which means that I can, I can go into a trance very easily, bring forward messages. And that also means I can go into other people's energy fields, and I can feel what's happening in their bodies. So when I do my shadow work, which I, I say is a way of empowering people, because when you realize that there are negative thought forms in your field, and you realize they aren't you, you are aware of the fact that they don't need to be with you anymore. But so many of us are in a loop with these beings. And we are like, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm tired, I'm stressed, I'm controlling, I'm this, I'm that. And it's like, you are not that you have an energy inside of you that's doing that. And you become very familiar with it. And obviously, it's, it can be scary, and it can be sad to let go of them. But ultimately, if you want to have energetic sovereignty, which is freedom in your energy body, where you feel more energized, more clear, more yourself, you got to get rid of them. And the shadow work that I do, the reason why I would say is so beautiful is because, so I'll, I'll go into a channel, I'll go into a trance. And in that trance, I can identify where the shadow is in your body. And I can talk to the shadow and start telling the person, okay, it's coming because of this. And it's, it's here still because of these things would you like to remove it? And then I become a vessel if if the if the person gives me permission to remove, because sometimes it can be a hard thing to decide to let go. But if they give me permission, I'll become a vessel to release this energy back into the light of source to be transmuted. And so that is a form of energy healing and it's also a mix of channeling into it. And um and I was yeah, so as I said, it's empowering because you are free of this energy to be your most your yourself, your your essence can spread out into your energy field. We're literally we are our houses are like homes, and we want it to be the home for our soul. And then energies that work with us to fuel our creativity, not to sap us of life force. And um, and then I also do theta healing, which is a type of energy healing where 
I help someone to get into um, a thesa brain state, which is mm. a very, very relaxed brain state, which is the brain state you experience when you're about to go to sleep or when you're in deep meditation. And when you're in that state, you become very open to receiving um, new energy. And in that state, I start to do subconscious reprogramming. And so it's helping to release the energy that has been programmed in our brains from childhood or from other people. And so I release those programs and I use angels during that as well. And then when that's been released, and I I also use my own guide. So it's very layered, Theta Healing is beautiful. But then when I am told that the programs have released, I then put new programs in. And that's just to fill the space to help with the rewiring of the energy patterns that have been negatively influencing us. And um, I'm also a meditation guide. And so I guide people into personalized meditations. And those are also a form of channeling because when I'm in that state of guiding the meditation, I slip into a trance where I'm just describing what I see, which has come through for that person to heal. So the most recent one I did, I was doing an inner child meditation. And instantly what I saw was uh, the girl, the woman I was doing the healing with, with two children. And it's exactly what she needed. And so, you know, it's early days with my work, but the main thing is, is I just want people to know that the ways that they've been feeling are not necessary. And everyone knows that, but, you know, we can spend years kind of trying to understand the narrative and not realize if you want the energy gone, you can remove it right now. And it's because it all begins with the energy body. It's amazing how how I see that playing out in my life. It all begins the energy body. We get caught up in trying to use words and trying to use conversation to discuss. And that's also obviously so important. But sometimes it's like we need, not sometimes, all times, it's like the same way source is layered, healing is layered. And we need to bring back the knowledge that in order to heal completely, we need our energy body to be healed as well because we have so much trapped in there despite any other work that we do, there is there is an energy body that we are existing in that is where things are coming from. And so that's really the work that I'm doing right now is just to help people just become energetically sovereign. No, this is my energy, that's yours. And, um, and through that, just feel more energetic, feel more happy, feel more alive. And the reason I say, you know, I wanna do it for women specifically, even though obviously if men come to me, I'm not gonna say no necessarily, but for women is because I understand what that journey is like. And so I feel like I can give the most heartfelt advice based on my own experience to theirs. Cause I truly feel like you can only advise people based on what you've, you can advise people if you, if you don't know, but I think the more you, you feel like you understand what they're going through, the better your advice is going to be. It's just, I, I, I just think it's, it, it feels, it's like, I don't know, you have to live someone's life and be in their shoes slightly in order to really get what it is. And that can be a human experience, but I, for me, it's really like my my life as a woman has been like this. And so I wanna help you as a woman in these ways. And so at the moment, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Manifest with Mika. I also have a Facebook group, Meditation with Mika, which is the same name for my Spotify. And I have a YouTube channel where I talk about energy, I talk about what I'm going through. I also put my live meditations there and I love making videos so much. It yeah. comes to me so easily, I love it. So that's Mika Sammy. 
And then finally, which is so exciting to me, is I've started, I've, I've just literally created this um, platform where every Tuesday at 5 p.m. British summer time, um, or it could be Greenwich Mean Time, I'll be going live at 5 p.m. to talk about topics that people have asked me to talk about and then to do a channeling. And I, I've, I've gotten messages from my Arcturian guys. They're like, yeah, we'll be there for you. So they'll come through maybe throughout the live, maybe at different points, maybe at the end to give some channeled messages. And what was so cool is the other day my friend came around and she was on my live and I was at the end of the live, I said, okay, my, my Arcturian guys are going to speak through me. They're going to answer one question. I know that there's one person that needs to ask a question and no one, no one was asking, no one was asking. And I was like, anyone at all please just fire away and um i was like i know there's one person in this group that needs to ask a question for everyone so my friend eventually asked and then another friend popped up and said yeah me too and then another so then my friend came over last night and she was saying basically what my question what my friend asked was i've been having tightness in my chest what's that about and then another friend on the live said, yeah, me too. And then yesterday a friend came over and she said, yeah, I was also feeling a tension in my chest. And then when you did the channel, it was like it eased open. Mm. I was like, that is crazy. But that is the power of channeling. Alignment, yes. I love it. It was so good. I literally was like, no way. Your chest is yeah. Yes, absolutely. That's wonderful. Yes, yes thank you just for sharing everything you have and just for all the work you're doing i think it's incredible and um truly grateful to have you here and to share so i will have your information in the description so everyone that's listening please feel free to check out mika and connect with her in those ways and um is there anything else you want to share before we go um just for anyone who watches this you have arrived to listen to this conversation for a reason and our souls in some way are connected in the same way we are connected to the web of life and I just want to say for that soul that's watched this and has aligned with what we're saying and resonated thank you so much for incarnating right now and doing the work that you're doing and just holding yourself and your space throughout this incredibly challenging time and you're so brave and you're so courageous and it can feel lonely at times. And I just want you to know that you can connect to this energy that me and Keandra are currently holding right now. Like we are, time is not local. And right now I we have opened up an energetic container and you're in it and you're held and you're comforted and you're loved and you're seen. And that's really what I want you to take away from this conversation. I received that. Yes, thank you. Mm. thank you all so much so we will close there but i'm so grateful again and we are here for you all so be well stay safe until next time <laughs>